Good morning, Covenant Fellowship. If you will look in your seats, we do have hymnals out this morning for our hymn Sunday. And our first one is hymn number 10, Majesty. So please turn to hymn number 10, stand with us, and make a joyful noise. morning great to see everybody who had a great week this week oh uh, come on we had more of a come on hey jesus loves you you got to have a great week amen did you have a good week cam you won your basketball game that makes for by one point Woo! a nail biter that makes for a great week you sprain your finger well keep it out of your nose and you won't do that 
Oh, man, I hate it when that happens. But uh, great to see everybody. Just a great week. Uh, good things happen. Uh, bring you up to date. Ladies, excuse me one second. We're good. Uh, bring us up to date for a second. Um, as you know, many of us in here, Denise Neal has been struggling. Uh, she had an extremely uh, aggressive form of cancer. Brother Brad and I, as I told you, we had the privilege to go see her last week. We talked to you about the salvation that came by way of it that we rejoiced over, but uh, Brother Brad and I could attest, she was, though struggling, she was chipper, energetic, laughing, joking with us. Um, and then in a matter of three days, they put her in hospice here at the local hospital. Uh, went from the doctor saying she had about four weeks, three to four weeks. And then Deanna, her daughter, called me and they're saying now it could only be a week. Uh, I got to go spend and see her a couple of times and pray with her. Uh, very encouraging, but uh, yesterday God called her home, so she hurts no more. Amen. So, but keep Deanna and, and the grandchildren. Uh, Denise had a great influence over her children. Grandchildren loved her. Uh, she loved the Lord, and she so loved this church. And one of her regrets, or you know, sadnesses, was that she didn't get back over here uh, as soon as she wanted to to worship and, and to be in the spirit and the unity. But I'm speaking for her. She loved the spirit. She loved this church. But uh, I can assure you, she doesn't love it as much as she's loving heaven right now. So she's in the church uh, amongst the spirit. And uh, so we rejoice for her, but keep them in prayer. Uh, so, and also, as you know, Dwayne, we talked about last week, Julie went home to be with the Lord as well. So I've had very many texts. So we will have both memorials here at the church, both for Julie and Denise. So as soon as we have the details on the date, we'll keep you abreast of that. We'll put it out uh, through email and on the, uh, the social media sites, so give you time. Uh, we're anticipating that uh, probably both of those will be within a two-week window. So uh, just pray for both those uh, families. Keep Dwayne in prayer uh, as he's trying to move forward and Deanna and her children. Amen? So uh, great to have you here. We're doing, as you can see, we're celebrating the Lord's Supper today. Uh, it's probably my favorite Sunday every time we do that. It's just a time for us to slow down and, and just reflect on who and what Christ is and what it embodies when it comes to our salvation. A little different approach this morning. I'm going to ask for two things. I'm not going to have much of a way of a message per se because I'm going to show a video that's very long. Uh, it's 18 minute long video. It's pretty much going to be our message because it's so impactful. Now, some of y'all have seen this video. Uh, years back, uh, I don't know, some of you may not have seen it. Uh, yes, it's you know, laden with a great emotion, and you can get caught up in the emotion of it, and rightfully so, but there is tremendous truth within this video. And, and I'll, I'll preface this again before we show it, but it's going to be very important that you catch the little nuances of this video that speak some of the greatest volume in it but it's so indicative of why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. I know you'll enjoy it. So that'll be the, the gist of our message. Then I'm gonna ask a little different because I think the video will resonate with the children because there is a young child in it that plays obviously a key role, which will be very evident. So I'm gonna ask that you keep your children in with you during service today, parents, uh, and let them be a part of this. So uh, a little different. I know normally we take them back to kids' church, but I think it's going to be important and helpful. You know, give you a lot of conversation as a family to go back and talk about it more today and during the week. 
with your children. Does that sound good? All right. So then afterwards, immediately following, we're having our fellowship dinner in the fellowship hall. So please stay after if you can. Uh, if you don't like anything to eat in there, then just talk. That's just as good. So I'm sure you'll find something, dessert or something to eat. Uh, we got some great ladies in here. So stay after, be a part of that, get to know people, find people to fellowship with. Yeah, we, uh, that was going to be our next. If we got the slide, Philip, or who's in, we got an announcement about that. So what she's referring to is uh, Love Thy Neighbor that uh, Lori is spearheading. It's going to be a great outreach opportunity to shut-ins. So uh, that's what we're alluding to here. So Alina, as she said, stay after and get more details about that, her and Lori, and uh, we can work that out. And make sure you're part of that, ladies, and it'll uh, be a great opportunity as far as that goes. Yes, ma'am. Okay, well, we got, yeah, we got a lot of announcements here. So uh, we'll get you information. We will have uh, child care available. Uh, we do start this Wednesday the 1st. We will start our uh, journey groups, which we're very excited about. A lot's gone into this, both for the men and the women. Please be in prayer about this. I really challenge you to do what you need to do schedule-wise and at all possible here. If you can't be here at 6 o'clock for the dinner, that we have before provided by the church. That's understandable, traffic and work. But even if you're coming in 705-710, it'll be very important that you get involved in this, men and lady respectively. It'll be a great opportunity, a great challenge to grow. And uh, so through that, we will have uh, uh, child care and nursery for the children uh, to take care of that. So journey groups start next Wednesday. Uh, dinner at 6, then we'll kick it off at 7, and by the time we get into our individual groups, it'll probably be 5 or 10 minutes after 7. So mark your calendar and be a part of that. Amen? I think that's got most of it. Yes, sir? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Lloyd is missing a hearing. So walk lightly with your eyes open. And if you find it, get it to, to Brother Lloyd, a hearing aid. Uh, I'm sure that will come in handy for him. Uh, not that I, he probably doesn't want to hear what I have to say, but he may, uh, something later today. So be looking for a hearing aid, make sure you get it. And also, we want to say uh, hi to some very special friends that very many of us know. Uh, and and uh, Lloyd, once you introduce our friends, make sure KJ and, <laughs> JJ and KJ. Yeah, this is Kevin. Yeah, okay, so Lloyd met KJ at the, coming out of the bar. No, he didn't, guys. Uh, many of us have known them for years, just sweet folks, beautiful spirit. We're humbled to have them with us this morning. I'm glad you are here. Make sure you get around and introduce yourself to them. Uh, there'll be somebody you would love to get to know. They have great testimonies, great love for the Lord, 
serve the Lord. So make sure you introduce yourself to KJ and Jennifer. It'll be a blessing to you. Amen. Then the last thing. You know, you got people that are so loving and caring of their pastor. And even Brother Brad, we, we get gifts that we so appreciate. And we take to heart and we, we, we're just humble. What did you get, brother? See, look at that. Animal crackers. I did. Chocolate dipped animal crackers. See? It's, it's good to be Brother Brad. But it's not always good to be Brother Todd. Because some people have a warped sense of humor when it comes to their pastor, and they give additional things to their pastor. And it doesn't matter. We won't mention names that Margaret did it. It doesn't matter who did it. But those that, that know your pastor and pray for him and care for him knows that he has a very close to the edge of what you would say a phobia about clowns. And I can't believe I'm even touching this thing now. It, uh, it's not that I have anything against clowns as long as they're at the circus. If I buy a ticket and go to Ringling Brothers, I'm all about clowns. A clown outside of the circus, what I call a displaced clown? Uh-uh. No. To the point, I will tell you one time here in Greenville, I was in a rush, and uh, we have a, a sub-bank that we, they have a little facility inside the grocery store. It makes it real convenient if you're in a hurry. Uh, it's go in the doors. It's way back to the left. you got all the restaurants. I run in, go back there just to quickly get some cash, and I'm waiting. I turn around and look, and there is a... There is a clown that's he's a taller taller than me, probably Jason's height. He is in full 100% wardrobe. The feet, the gloves, the makeup, the hat, and he's standing between me and the door of where I'm at. That wasn't good. That, that took a lot of prayer. So uh, as you care for your pastor, I appreciate it. Your brother Brad and I, all this you want. If you feel led for something like this, brother Brad would love to have it. And, uh, and he would greatly appreciate it. So anyway, thank you, Margaret. I, I know you're teasing me. We love to have fun and celebrating the Lord. So uh, I think that's it at the time. If we could, all of our, oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Thank you, Earl. Earl wants to uh, share something with us from his heart. Amen. Thank you, Earl. And uh, speaking of guests, this is Earl's neighbor, uh, Hubert, and uh, brought him. We're honored to have you this morning as well. And so make sure you say hi to him with KJ and Jennifer as well. As you remember, we've been praying for Linda. She had gone through multiple surgeries on her leg to try to get circulation in. Got very close to the point of uh, uh, amputation, but through the God's grace through the doctors, and as Earl said, through our prayers, uh, God's, you know, did a work on her. So, Earl, thank you for sharing that. Linda is recovering. She's in uh, physical training upstairs in Greenville, and she should be home soon. So, uh, ladies, if you want to reach out to her. And, uh, Dwayne, we're so honored to have you with us this morning, brother. I know it's tough for you this morning, but uh, I, I promise you, if Julie wants you to be anywhere, she'd want you to be right here. And so, Hebrews 12.1 tells us that. I've been sharing that scripture with you that uh, those saints that gone on before us, they look over the bastions of heaven and rejoice over us, and they're like our heavenly cheerleaders. 
because they know it's all real. They know it's real, and so they're cheering us on, okay? So you're exactly where she wants you to be, and you're 100% where the Lord wants you to be. Amen, brother? We love you. So let Dwayne know you love him and his strength and his faith to be here this morning. So uh, I am done. Gentlemen, if you would come forward, and uh, we'll pray over our service this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the wonderful spirit that's with us today, for your graciousness, the gift of Jesus. Everything that we have is yours. We're only born it for a short time, but you let us die. We thank you so much for that. Bless the giver. Bless the gift today. Let this go to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. hymnals to six three five number six three
Praise the Lord that he paid it all, right, Brother Lloyd? Paid a debt that we can't afford. A debt that would burden us and bound us and weight us to the weight of damnation because of our sin. And yet his grace is so powerful. As we talked about last week, that encompasses his love to the magnitude that he gave up 
and we'll touch on just briefly this morning why he didn't give up his deity he was still God he became his creation and because of that he did give up great amounts of his eternal Godship Godhead when he cloaked himself in humanity and gave up his omniscience and things of this nature so he could feel pain and suffering and hurt and anxiety so when he took it to the cross it paid it all amen and so we just take this time in the morning if you're with us that we uh we're just going to come to the altar pray set our hearts right uh, beyond the worship when we get into the video to god's word so uh if you would come this morning as the lord leads you and uh, let's take a moment and pray this morning If you will turn in your hymnals to the last hymn today, this morning is going to be number 353, Victory in Jesus. All right, here we go, 353. Please stand and sing with us again. Precious blood, the 
so much ladies obviously Deborah and uh, Bob are both out sick so keep them in prayer with some others so we're shy to today some of y'all that are uh, recently with this a little different format but uh, I just term it old school Sunday so when we do our Lord's Supper and dinner you know fellowship on the grounds I think it's important to just enjoy the fact that's why we have hymnals and we don't have the words up on the screen we don't per se do uh, more modern worship music we just go back more to songs you know that are laden with christ and the attributes of christ so that's why we use the hymnals when we do the lord's supper and just call it old school sunday so uh we enjoy doing that i hope it was a blessing to you give Rhonda a chance to get upstairs uh as i said about this video some of you may be familiar with it have seen it before if i remember right i think i played it like three about three years ago, I played this video. So it may come back to you, but again, I want to emphasize it, it has tremendous imagery in it. Now, it's going to be loud at points because it's a pastor speaking. Uh, it appears to be some type of conference, but you don't see him. It's all a video. It's got a closed caption in it to, to make it easy to keep up with. He does get excited, not over-the-top excited, but there'll be peaks that it gets just loud for a moment. But I want to keep the volume up because the other parts, it's normal tone. But as you go through this, and uh, I want you to catch, the, 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 again, the little nuances, the little imagery. Some of them, the speaker points out, even while he's talking, he brings to light to capture your attention. But you're going to see characters within this 
and these characters will play out through this 20-minute video. So really pay attention to what you're seeing. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But when we get through, I think you'll see the gravity of it and the weight of it as it pertains to Christ and why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Amen? So uh, we'll get the lights, and uh, we'll get into the video. I'm here tonight to tell you about a father who loved his son and a son who loved his dad. The way this story is going to unfold for you is a little bit different because I want to bring it to now. You see, a dad would go home, and he would go by the school, and every now and then he would pick up his son and say, son, why don't you go to work with me? The boy loved that. And when his dad would just come and pick him up, he was the happiest boy ever. He knew that he would get to spend the afternoon with his father at work, and, and he would get his coat, and, and they would walk, and he, he would bring hot chocolate for his son for his really cold, and they would, they would go through. But this boy was different. This boy would see things. This boy wasn't normal, and when, he, when they were walking, 
one afternoon going to where dad worked, this boy would notice things that other people wouldn't notice. He'd see things other people wouldn't see. He sees a man in a bathrobe in the middle of the street who's yelling at a second story window. He sees a woman who's very angry at him and doesn't really want to hear what he says. This boy, as the rest of the world hustles by, he slows down. He sees the hurt and the pain. He sees the anguish and the sorrow. He sees the window close and a desperate man trying to what he did doesn't matter that he hurting is all that matter and this boy would see these things his father rushes and gets him by the hand and says let's go be late he would stop and look one more time can I stop his pain can I stop her hurt but the boy loved his father. They would go and they would catch the, the trolley. I think that's what you call it here. We call it a tram. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the words. But he would get on there with his dad. And the boy would just notice people. He would look. And that day, one particular, he noticed uh, something as he got on the train. He explain something. As you can hear, there's a train coming. And I got to get through this before the train gets here. He saw a man. He saw a woman. He saw that the man seemed very happy and the woman seemed very sad. And he couldn't understand why they could be together and one be happy and the other be sad. He couldn't understand that. But the little boy knew that there was something wrong. He had this feeling this instinct that was amazing how he cared for other people but he loved none other than his father he knew his daddy loved him and as he watched the world and their hurt and their pain he knew that he would always have a father but he even noticed this i need you to understand as you hear this story and get involved in the life of this man and his son i need you to notice that there's no mom As they walked through the woods, the boy would say to his father, Dad, what will I do when I grow up? What will I get to do? Will I get a cool job like yours? How will I work? He says, I don't know, but I want to change the world. I want to do something great. I want to do something wonderful. I want to help people. I want to do something that they can change the lives of anyone. I just want to be that great. I just want to do something good. And as he walked with his dad, his dad would say, Son, you will be great. You will be awesome. You will change the world. Your life is going to be incredible. There was a train coming. There's always a train coming. The train is called life. We're all on the train of life. Just riding. Whether we realize the truth or not, whether we realize what's happening or not, we're all on that same train tonight. Only God has saw it fit for us to be in the same room, in the same car, for such a time as this. When they get to the edge of the train track, he could see where his father worked. You see the bridge? That's what his dad did. You see, the bridge was very, very important. Boats needed to come to the harbor to get off their goods so they could make money. But trains were coming with people going from one town to the next. Not many cars in Europe, so they couldn't use a lot of that. So many people, not enough roads, so everybody used that train to get from the town to town to get to work and to get home. And one day the train was coming by. What you have to understand is that boy loved going to work with his dad. He would stay right by the river's edge and he would do what he loved to do the most. Let me explain that. He loved to fish. Anybody like to fish here? All the guys go, uh, uh. The dad looks at his boy and he says, son, now remember the rules. You got to stay right here because I can see you from the window right here. Don't get out of the sight of this window because you got to stay there so I know you're safe. 
catch you something good to eat. But as you can hear, the train is coming. The father's job was cool. If I wasn't a preacher, I wouldn't mind doing that. Get to work. Get grease on you. Even if you didn't have to, you just squirt it on you like you feel like you did something. That's what I would do. <laughs> there was a boat coming in the harbor. Timing is very essential. I'll go ahead and give you the key. The key is this. There's always a light. Everybody say light. Say it again. One more time. There's a light that the train conductor needs to see. If that light is green, he can go. If it's red, he must stop. You see, God has given us road signs in our life that we must read. Lines that tell us to go and lines that tell us to stop. Whether we read those and believe them or not is up to us. That's why some of you have fallen and you cannot get up. But tonight, that's why I'm here. The boat needed to come through, so he called, and the man said, okay, I got time. It's a long time before the train should come. So he pulls the lever, as you just saw, and the big, big, huge stone steel bridge, the gears started turning. They started cranking the steam. All of a sudden, gears are moving, and that big, huge bridge is just starting to go up. As it rises higher and higher, he has to watch and make sure everything's set, everything's good, everything's fine. As he looks out the window, he can see everything, but the dad, being a good dad, keeps one eye on his work but the other eye on his baby one eye on the world but the other eye on his children you think God doesn't know where you are he keeps one eye on his world and one eye on his child no matter what you've done or where you've been it's one eye on the world but the other eyes on you he's watched you and he's kept you even though your train is coming down the track he understands that and even though sometimes I don't know when to get ahead of myself see the red light he didn't see it. So many times we don't see the red light. See, to just say the train was early. The boy can hear and see the steam. And he looks and says, Daddy, the train. Daddy, Daddy, the train's early. Daddy, you got a daddy. Hey, Daddy, 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 the train. Daddy, the train's coming. But the dad was looking at the gears, making sure he had enough oil, making sure there was enough steam to get the bridge back down for the train. And the boy, the boy knew one thing. Now listen, the boy knew that his dad one time showed him where the trigger was. It was a red lever. If he pulls it, the train bridge would collapse down fast and the train would be able to come across. All the boy knew was there were people on that train. There were people that needed to be saved. There were people that had, some of them just with their friends having a good time. Like everything's fine. They did not know that the bridge was up. They did not know what was coming. They're just living their life like you and me, just going down the road, just being our own thing, doing our own thing. And the dad all of a sudden hears the train coming. He looks and then he says, oh, my son. He looks out and his boy's gone. He's like, oh my God, where's my son? Where's my son? He got to figure out. He looks back just in time to see his son trying to save the day. All he had to do was pull that lever. He reaches in to pull it, and the boy pulls too far, and he falls in the hole. Now it's on the father, and God the father. Did you hear me? God the father has to make a choice. It's his now. Do I save my son, or do I save the world? But they don't even know. They don't even know. The greatest decision of his life. He could blame it on them not seeing the red light. He could blame it doesn't matter anymore. Pull the lever, save the world. Leave it up, save your son. For God so loved the world that he gave 
his only son. Whosoever believes in him is train goes by. It's fine. Everything's cool. The bridge is down. Just like always. It's always going to be down. Are you hearing me tonight? He gave his only son. For God so loved the world that he gave. And you know what's amazing? I wonder what God did right when his son died on that cross. When he breathed his last breath. When he took that first and he breathed and it was over. Here's what the father would have looked like. They didn't even know, just trying to think of their life. Just trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Just thinking about the person they're going to see, the people they're going to hang out with. Just trying to be, just loving, caring. Doesn't matter if you're blind. Doesn't matter if you're putting on a little more makeup, trying to look pretty for somebody, or just wearing another mask. It doesn't matter. God gave his son for you. What will I do when I grow up? Where will I go when I grow up? What will I change? And there was a girl in the bathroom on the train, liquefying her heroin to shoot up one more time. He died for her. He died for her. But in one moment, are you listening? In one moment, it's the Bible says everybody gets a chance. In one moment, to see the look of the Father when He knows what He, when you realize what He did for you, when you realize the sacrifice, when you realize He let His Son die so that can live when you realize what he did no matter what you're doing no matter where you're at in this life no matter what you're a part of you gotta stop you gotta stop even if it's for one second and think my god he did it for me he did it for me and i pray to god you drop what you're doing you do it with all the pain and the hurt and the sorrow in the world he did it for you that's why you're so quiet you see the trains coming the trains coming everybody has things you have ways of, of I don't want to I don't want to do that I don't want to but why do I keep doing it even Paul said why do I do my flesh tells me and I do what I know is wrong and I don't do what I know is right you got to understand tonight the fight is on and we can win we become more than conquerors through Jesus Christ and I'm not preaching just for me I'm preaching on behalf of you but what you got to understand is there had to be a moment in those three days when Jesus died on a Friday and rose again on a Sunday there had to be this moment Go ahead, look at the screen. When it was just God and his baby. 
new son. Every sin that's ever been committed in this earth is rolling through your mind right now. I'm here to tell you that as the sun sets in the afternoon, the sun will rise again. And when the sun rises again, you cannot change your past, but you can change your future. You see, it's always a different day. One day someone lives, the next day they die, the next day you wake up and you're still living. You're like, why am I going to live? Why does this have to be my turn? Why can't I? You can just preach. I can't stop, but I need you to see the whole picture here. You see, because when God the Father gave his only son, when Jesus Christ breathed his last breath and he died, he did it in a way that you can never ever say, you don't know me, you don't understand me, God don't understand my pain, God don't understand my sorrow. You see, that's the very train that was that boy was on. That's the very train that he was on. And as this dad remembers, look real close. You see the pictures of the people? Bam, there they are. But there's somebody added in the picture, isn't it? Bam, there they are. Do you see who's added in it? In every face of every person. Jesus is in their life. Why? Because when you're the greatest sacrifice, you always end up in everyone's life. No matter where they are, who they are, he did it so that you can say he was there all the time. Waiting patiently in line. Jesus Christ was there all the time. And the train keeps going. The train keeps coming train keeps moving people keep living and people keep dying and God the Father just watches it all one eye on the world the other eye on you some of you are starting to figure it out you're like what is he looking for just one girl because see the whole horrible day God only had his eyes on one person and it was just a day on the street corner when he walked by he saw a girl with a babe and she saw him do you get it old things are passed away behold all things become new he did it so that we can live no matter what the sin no matter what the pain no matter what the sorrow the sacrifice was perfect. It was And it was for you. And God the Father watches it all unfold. And all he can say is one word. at home train being indicative of life it's always moving it's always trying to get somewhere trying to go somewhere and we're all on it and before we pick or point out somebody on that train we realize at different times in our walk we're like it 
We're more worried about where we're trying to get to or what we're trying to get to. The imagery is powerful. Save my son or save my creation. See, the Godhead had that option. They created it perfect, did they not? We messed it up. They very easily could have said, enough is enough. You failed to see the red lights, and you just wanted to press on with your life. Enough's enough. I'm getting down from the cross, and I'm going back to my Godhead. But praise God that he loved us so much that he was willing to die so we could live. I hope he caught the imagery. That woman at the end was the woman in the red cap that was trying to wreck her life in the back of the train. All things become new. I was talking to Sam this morning, coming in. That's the beauty of grace. Kind of get ahead. I already got next week's sermon, unless the Holy Spirit changes it. And don't want to give it away, but when you think of a Lot's life and all the mistakes a Lot made, Luke says he was a righteous man, loved the Lord, but Lot wrecked his life. He wrecked it to the point that his decisions drove him to the point that he's in a cave and he's committing such debauchery that is at the high scale of human emotions of incest to come about. And he births two children that become the fathers of heathenistic nations against Israel. And one of those being the Moabites. But yet within that, within God's grace and God's love, and all that Lot did wrong, God reached in that sin-filled nature by Lot's decisions and pulled a woman out by the name of Ruth. Who was a grandmother of King David, who was monumental in the lineage of the Savior to come about and died for the very sins of Lot that caused that whole problem. That blows my spiritual mind. There's people in this room have gone to great measures in their flesh to wreck their lives. They've used every resource they have available. They have stolen. They have cheated. They have lied to wreck their lives with abandonment. Some to the brink of death. And God still died for them. And they can come up here one after another and express the magnitude of God's grace in their lives. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of God's love. You can be a lot. You can be a Paul. You can be the worst you can be. God says, no, I died for that. I died for that. That's what you are. That's not what I am. And all things can become new 
through me. So when we think of the Lord's Supper, and I think it says you come to a point when the train went by and, and the, the imagery of the Father and he's crying out and that drug addict saw him crying. It says you come to a point in your life or points in your life, we have to stop. We have to stop and see where we are, where we're going, what we're doing, and why are we doing it? What's so paramount that we're trying to get to? What captivates us and motivates us and leads us on paths, on trails, on tracks? It's almost in the opposite direction of what Christ did for us. We get lost in our spiritual freedom. We get lost in our free will. We stop roughly every once a quarter and try to somehow, Brother Brad or I, somehow try to make some verbal impact through the Scriptures for us to at least stop for a moment, stop for 20 minutes and understand the magnitude of the cross, the magnitude of grace. And just like Paul, not that I'm saying I'm like Paul, far the same from Paul, but the one thing I can relate to Paul with are two aspects. That one, I think I run a close second of being the chief of sinners. But the second thing I, I take to heart, that Paul made it very simple. The wisest of the disciples, vastly educated, a man of means. He says, I know this one thing, or I only know this one thing, Christ crucified. Paul understood, that's all it comes down to. Christ crucified. Yeah, do we have to live this life? Do we have to get on the trains of life? Of course we do. Man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Man doesn't take care of his family's worse, worse than an infidel. Yes, there are things in life we have to live in this life, but God screamed, but don't get caught up living of this life. Live in my purpose. And stop and take to heart the gravity of the cost that was afforded us. I think one of the greatest stumbling blocks of Christianity, we don't stop enough. We don't stop and ponder where we're going compared to where Christ is calling us to. I think we have more yield moments than we do stop moments. We yield at times in our lives and get a glimpse of Christ and the cross. I don't think we stop enough. I don't think we stop and be still and know that he's God. And try to capture every thought and bring it under subjection, as the scriptures tell us in Paul. Bring it under subjection, a powerful word, of that what we're doing, where we're going, what we're thinking, what our motive is, does it line up with the cost of the cross? Or is it self-serving? Is it self-motivated? We always got to keep to the forefront of our mind the magnitude of the cross. 
because it affords us the only opportunity that matters our salvation through Jesus Christ that's the only thing that matters one of our children when my son was over yesterday we it just got into a conversation talking and got carried away and, and a good question was brought up he said dad what really blows your mind when you when you start thinking about the Bible and scriptures and and I mean what blows your mind I thought well, that's a fair question it's a hobby I love to read I say a hobby it's scriptural but I love to read about the end time events the best of my ability I keep a pulse on that brother Brad and I talk all the time about that there's times I love reading about the the Nephilims and the and the you know Samaritan past and, and, and the watchers and the fallen imps all that but you know what I told him I said every time I even start thinking a little bit about that with a little bit of interest and curiosity I quickly come to the realization and comes back but yet Jesus controls all that so what does it matter other than what Paul testified to other than Christ crucified that's how simple it is Christ crucified see the, the Bible gets a lot easier when you keep in mind Christ crucified but when we stop stopping and we just get down to some yield moments and sometimes we never yield we get on the life of highway or trains and we don't even stop and then it should not be surprising then yet we, then we get confused or lost and don't understand things stop Christ crucified and you'll find great clarity and great understanding and great purpose and great 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 love that God provided for us The fact that Christ was willing to step. Second person in trying God to step out of the spirit. So the Bible says we worship them in truth and spirit. That he willfully stepped out, gave up, as we know through scriptures, gave up certain aspects, not his deity, as I said earlier. Philippians chapter 2 tells us he never gave up his deity. He was 100% God, but he also gave up certain aspects of that Godhead when he cloaked himself in humanity. We know he gave up his omniscience in Matthew chapter 24 when they were inquiring the disciples about the day and the hour. He says, no one knows, i.e. me, except my Father. You know, we know he was not omnipresent. He longed, we talked about Sunday school, he longed to be with Lazarus, but he, he couldn't be everywhere on earth in flesh. See, we know he was 100% flesh and he felt everything that we feel to the fullest of, mag of magnitude because if it wasn't the case Satan would not have tempted God in the wilderness Satan was tempting the God man in wilderness because Satan had enough knowledge of wisdom he knew that though he was still God he knew he was dealing with God he also knew that God in Christ cloaked himself in humanity and Satan said I got a fighting chance not in his deity but in his humanity and if I can get him to sin in that humanity then I win 
So we know that Jesus says, no man doesn't live by bread alone. And Satan said, cast yourself off the mountain, and you know, the myriad of angels will catch you. He said, tempt not the Lord my God. We know the temptations of Satan. Jesus Christ did that in full humanity, not in the power of his deity. He did it in his obedience to the Father. Because just like that video, he loved his Father. And his Father loved him. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We can't let it become a religious practice. We can't even let it get close to religiosity. It's straightforward. And it's clear. You know, there's only two types of religions in the world. There's grace and works. Just like there's only two races, Jews and Gentiles. We got a, all kinds of ethnicities, and we got endless religious practices. But it comes down, they're either practicing grace and the cross, or they're practicing works. The Bible makes it very clear it's grace. And the beauty is why it's all for me and all for you. The beauty is it has nothing to do with me and you, but it has everything to do with what Christ did for us. Because all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So the best religious effort we put forward is futile. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Father was willing to bankrupt heaven. One, he gave up Christ the Son. Two, he gave up the Holy Spirit who now comes and dwells within us. They gave it all so we could have it all. That's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. So, gentlemen, if you come forward, we'll get into the actual supper itself. Ah, not you, gentlemen. I'm sorry. One of these days, though, we can do that. Have, you know, what's it? <laughs> Older gentlemen. We practice the Lord's Supper. Celebrate, not practice. Celebrate the Lord's Supper. We also use unleavened bread the yeast is removed we've illustrated it over and over and over again for you nothing wrong with that yeast is a bacteria it's what causes bread to rise it's infectious so to speak we know that Christ's body was pure without blemish without sin and so for symbolism the closest we can get to that is use wafers unleavened bread closest saying to pure purity that we can find and then we use juice, grape juice. In the same way, the blood that was shed by Christ was without contamination. We know the word wine is in the Bible, but if you read it in context, in the original language, when it talks about the perfect wine, it was a wine with, was without fermentation. Fermentation is a process, again, bacteria, diseases. The grape juice turns it into alcohol, 
And that's not perfection. That's blemished. And the blood of Christ was not blemished. So we use grape juice that has not been fermented. Just, you know, I guess eventually it would. You can't really take things out of grape juice. But again, we do the best we can for symbolism to picture the purity of Christ and his body. So this morning, our gentlemen will pray over these two. So uh, I believe I chose Terry. If you would pray over our bread, I would appreciate it.
that day on the cross. You know, I go all the way back to the Garden of Gethsemane, just Christ knowing what lied before him. And, and the, the grief, the burden, most popular word that we throw around today, very loosely, you know, anxiety. I think for the time of Christ's life, I think if you're praying and you're sweating drops of blood from your forehead, would probably clinically classify as anxiety. But it shows what all Christ embodied for us. When it said in the video, he knows our pain. He knows our hurt. Every place we've been, every time we hurt, every time we weep, he's there. I love the passage in Psalms. I can't think of the chapter, but it tells us that Jesus captures our tears and keeps them in a bottle of remembrance. Some of the things that blow your mind. Nephilim don't blow my mind. End of the world things, apocalypse don't blow my mind. What blows my mind is that a God, a Savior, captures every tear I shed and has them in remembrance. Now, where my, my mind does wander and, and things that make me feel good, I was telling Brad and Peggy during one of our songs when it talks about the crystal sea, that always captivate, captivates my imagery, this crystal sea before the throne. I can't wait to see that. But I also think in my mind that one of these days my Lord and Savior is going to take me to something. I picture just little bitty bottles that we've all collected with sea, uh, seashore sand in it or something. But I see these bottles on a shelf. And it's going to be labeled every time that my heart was broken and I weep and cried to God. He's going to say, I caught that tear. That blows my mind. That we're loved that much. Jesus was willing to sacrifice. To go through the horrific act that his body went through. The suffering that it endured. That, that on that day on the cross that after his beard had been yanked from his face and the, the Roman soldiers had buffeted him to the point that he was probably hard to be recognized as a Christ and the lashes he took that ripped the skin off his body while Satan was trying to beat him to death and bleed him to death to keep a savior from getting to the cross Christ knew uh, Satan knew what was at stake and he was doing everything he could to kill the Savior before he got to that cruel cross. And Christ embodied all that with the help of other men to get the cross to Calvary. And to hang on that cross and to cry out, My God, my God, the Father and the Holy Spirit, why hast thou forsaken me? That all of eternity passed that when Christ hung on that cross with every sin of the world bearing upon his body, the sinless Son of Man now was weighed down with the sins of eternity. From Adam and Eve to whatever the last one was going to be, as the Father and the Holy Spirit saw him, because of that sin nature of the first time, they turned their back on the second person who tried and got there. They couldn't look upon him. 
what we talk about loneliness and sad, and I'm not diminishing that. There are many souls that are heavy laden with loneliness and, and fear and depression. But there's only been one time in all of eternity past, in all of eternity future, there was only one moment of time that there was truly isolation and loneliness. And it's when Christ was hanging on the cross. That even the other two Godheads couldn't look upon him. He tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. It says, when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We're going to ask Rex to pray over the juice for us. <laughs> After he swallows.
physically, as we illustrate it in detail, you think, man, surely, wouldn't that be enough? Why so much? Scriptures tell us that without the shedding of blood, there can't be a remission for sin. But it wasn't just the beating. Because why the blood? We know the blood is what washes away our sins. It makes us white as snow. Illustrate that when Christ was bleeding from the cross as the blood dripped. The scriptures tell us that the Father scooped up the blood of Christ and placed it on the mercy seat of Christ. It's there today. It washed us as white as snow. Though our sins be as scarlet red, Christ washed us white as snow. For the blood is, I can't say more important, but it's so illustrative of the cost that was endured. That as he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But those weren't his last words. He had one last statement. After he had already said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The very ones that are crucifying me are the very ones that I'm dying for. But his last words it sums up the power of God. And he utters the word, the telestai, in the Greek is a word that we get, it is finished. That brings us to the clarity of grace. It is finished. We can't add anything to after finished without making it works. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, period. Not call upon the name of the Lord and come to church. Call upon the name of the Lord and come and take, you know, religious, you know, practices. Don't get baptized. No, we can't add anything. Call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, period, because it's grace. And it was grace that was performed by Christ and Christ alone. We just get, need to take time to stop. We just need to take time to stop and to reflect on that. And knowing how much Christ did love us. And what all took place in that to illustrate it. Goes on to say, after the same manner also he took the cup which he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you often as you drink, do it in remembrance of me. I'm going to ask the ministry leaders to stay up here with me, and uh, we'll uh, turn off the lights, and we'll start the music back. We're just going to use this opportunity. They'll come forward. It may be a good time to stop. Today may be a good time to stop. We participated in it to illustrate it, but maybe this altar will be a better place to stop. You can stop where you're sitting, but I want to encourage you 
for such a time as now, this time, this place, that God's brought us together. Yeah, moved by an emotional video, but it was laden with great truth. We practice that truth, put it into practice. But I challenge this morning, where you're sitting, this altar come, there's men that are up here. Brother Brad will be up here as well. Ask him to come up there or pray with you. Brother Richard can come up. But a great time to stop and say thank you. And make sure you know which way you're going. You know, that some one of those adages, be careful where you're going, you just might end up getting there. Make sure you know where you're going. And don't let the trains of life take you past red lights. Amen. Well, if you would, get the lights. The music plays and the Lord leads you. Supper is always the most important service you'll ever participate in. And when it comes to this, it represents the blood. I always think of the innocent for the guilty. That's what this represents. Innocent blood shed for guilty people. And that's what the lambs in the Old Testament were. They were innocent animals, and that's why God chose those innocent animals to be sacrificed. So in order for salvation to be complete, something innocent has to pay for the guilty. And Jesus was as innocent as you could get. And he, with his blood, 
paid for the guilty, us. And that's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Thank you, Brother Todd. Excellent. Father, thank you for your kindness to us. And now we get to fellowship for a little while after church and speak with each other and, uh, Lord, have a, a bite to eat. And it just seems like a complete day, and we thank you for that. We thank you for church. We ask that you bless these folks that have participated in church today. In Christ's name.